Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. A reminder that I'll be joined every single Monday live on TalkSport 2 by Gareth A. Davis to dissect all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. 2021 is set to be a huge year for boxing, both in the UK and abroad, and we'll have you covered every single step of the way. If you can't join us live, make sure you subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel to ensure you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the other great boxing programming, the likes of Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, this is Fight Night Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, if you love your boxing and you love your MMA, this is the show for you. Myself and Adam Coucher, we're looking forward to some of the big fights that could and should happen in 2021. Today, we're going to discuss the big fights from the weekend, including Derek Chisora's uh, points loss over Joseph Parker. Sonny Edwards and Paulie Malignaggi will be both joining us on the show as well. Newly crowned IBF flyweight champion, Sonny Edwards and the great man, Paulie the magic man, Malignaggi. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. He's being cheered home by his cornerman. They think that he's done it. Edwards thinks that he done it. Celebrating maybe just a little bit too soon, but the final bell is coming. And Edwards is now celebrating. He thinks that he is the world champion, cheered aloft by his trainer, Grant Smith. And what a performance that was. And he's got him in big trouble here. Chisora, in the final minute of this one, was rocked. Can Parker keep the pressure on? No, Chisora comes back again. This is absolutely brilliant from Chisora. Parker, for whatever reason, just did not let his hands go. I think that will be it. That was right on the nose. Eyes watering. Somehow he gets the bravery to get back up again, but the referee this time says no, and I think that's the right decision. Yeah, I was a wee bit surprised that the corner allowed him to come out for that fourth round. The brave guy took his licks. Great shot down the middle, right on the nose from Billy Joe Saunders, and he gets the win that he needed. Yeah, big fight card on the weekend. Loads of big fight cards on the weekend as well, but we are going to focus on Matron's fight card that was in Manchester, headlined by the pay-per-view card between Joseph Parker and Derek Chisora, Taylor versus Jonas, Eubank Jr. on the card as well against Marcus Morrison, Campbell Hatton, Craig Richards, Dimitri Bivol, really packed card. Let's welcome in this man, the cat man, Adam Cattrall, who's joining us now to look back on this fight card. Adam, I want to start... From the bottom, I say the bottom, this guy was quite high up on the card, but the bottom in terms of um, the, the very novice on the card, and that is young Campbell Hatton, who I adore, I, I love his father as well. Um, I always feel like it's going to be difficult, the position they're putting him in, just because they're putting him above like world champions like Dimitri Bivol. They're chucking him all the spotlight on him, yeah. and it's going to be difficult to find him matches because, look, they put him in a guy that's got 11 losses, that's, that means that guy's had 11 fights. They're putting the guy on the weekend with four losses, he still struggled to kind of find out what he wants to do there. We just got to take our time with Campbell Hatton, haven't we? Mate, give him 20 bin men. I'm not yeah. interested in the <laughs> level of opponent that this lad has to fight. It's like the, when, you, when you are the son of a legend, mm. there's always going to be pressure when you come into this Agreed. game. I mean, yeah. I've been lucky enough to do shows with Conor Ben and I, I had conversations with him about that. And it's, it's quite similar to the way uh, that Sky and Matchroom treated Connor at the start of his career to where Campbell is right now. He's, mm. he's been given a big fanfare, hasn't he? Campbell Hatton's here, Hurricane Hatton, he's coming in. It's a son of Ricky. I mean, they made a big thing out of him, obviously, fans fighting in Manchester, obviously, at the weekend. Yeah. 
And it took a little bit of time for Conor Ben to find his feet. You know, he came in, he was raw as they came. Mm. He, he, he went through a few bumps and bruises. He got himself into situations in fights that he didn't necessarily... Uh, he could have done without, let's say, especially the Cedric Pernod fight, which yeah. happened at, at York Hall. Um, but he came through it, and now look at him. Look at where Connor's at now, you know what I mean? I mm-hmm. think if you're dedicated to the craft, like Connor, like Con- I know I keep talking about Connor Ben, but if, if, if you're dedicated to the craft like Connor Ben is, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you kind of forge your own way and you step out the shadow of your dad, and Connor's more certainly done that now. I mean, look where he's at. Yeah, It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time for, for people to kind of stop calling him Ricky Hatton's son the, and, and, and refer to him as Campbell Hatton in his own right. And I'm... I'm I'm more than fine mm. with that being 20 fights down the road. Agreed. Right? Yeah. Let, him let it happen. Yeah, honestly, mate, let it happen. Agreed. Let, mate, go, go to Weatherspoons and get a couple of doormen in. You <laughs> know what I mean? Whatever you need to do with him, that's fine. Let him learn to mm. be Campbell Hatton. Let him, let him learn to deal with the celebrity part of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the moment, he's fighting behind closed doors. There's going to be points where he's going to fight in front of arenas and there's going to be big fans there absolutely buzzing for him. So he's got to learn to deal with all those situations. I think on Saturday night, he was far better than he was the first time Agreed. And, and that's what and it is, isn't it? Of course it is, man. Mm. Development. Yeah. Cool, cool, as He's not fighting for a world title next week. Let's not get giddy. <laughs> he's going to take some time. And if after 20 fights, I mean, he's, he's made the right development with, it, with his trainer, his uncle, Matthew, then let's start talking about area titles and English titles and British titles. That's it for then. And then, and then we'll see how he gets on. Yeah, no, we'll, let's not put too much pressure on the kid. Agreed. And I'm with you. Let, let, let's see what he can do in 10, 15 fights and then, and then people can pass their judgment how they want. Uh, another person that's been, he's had the same trouble, right? Trying to shake that father uh, name. The name behind him is Eubank Jr. I mean, Sky yeah. didn't help when they come out and they're still playing clips of Chris Eubank Sr. I'm like, surely he's done enough now to separate himself from his dad. They put him at least, on the, at least his dad's not on the ring walk with him anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> inside the ring as well giving him advice I mean, that was the worst ones right I mean uh, Marcus Morrison uh, looked amazing on the scales by the way he looks huge in the ring as well looks like you Addy I've seen you back in the gym mate you look very, you, very you, similar physique to you yeah, have you seen that I've been posting it on the Instagram stories yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no Marcus Morrison I, I don't think anyone expected it to go 10 you know what fighters are like when they do go 10 they say they want it to go 10 mm. um, he had his I think there's a couple of moments in there where Eubank Jr. looked really good really fast spectacular but We've got to remember, this guy's been out of the ring since, what, December 2019. Yeah. Right, new trainer as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anyone should have expected him to look spectacular. What did you expect? I, I expected him to take him out, if I'm honest. And really, I, think he yeah. had a, I think he had a real opportunity in that second round to what do so. What was he so. doing there? What, what did he do there, Adam? <sighs> I have no idea, mate. He took um, a couple of steps back and was like, no, not to, not yet. Yeah, well, that was it. And it, and it felt then, for the rest of the fight, mm. that he was it, it was a glorified sparring session. Like mm. like what you've just said there. He has been out the ring for a period of time. And and they keep saying, don't they? Let's get some rounds under our belt. Let's, let's, use, let's use this as an opportunity to, to implement the things that we've been doing in the gym. That's all well and good. But let's be straight. At the weekend, this is a pay-per-view card. There's yeah. fans around the world that have put their hand in the pocket and they said, right, I'm coming to watch this. Oh, you bank juniors on. Show me something. Mm. And he missed an opportunity for me. You know, there was an opportunity for him to absolutely blow Marcus Morrison away in that second round. And he didn't take that. And I think... A lot of fans will come away from it a little bit disappointed, a little bit of sour taste in the mouth, and they'll think, is he all that? Is Eubank Jr. Yeah, all that? Because you know? let's be honest, I mean, prior to that, he's been calling out Golovkin. He's been, yeah. he's been calling out everyone at 160 and 168. And exactly. We needed, we needed to see something from him in order to get excited Make about those statement. fights. Make yeah. a statement. You've got the audience there. The captive audience is there. People have come to watch. You've got a lad that is well beneath you in levels, and that's no disrespect to Marcus. He is. Mm. Um, and you've got him going in the second round. Take him out. What are you taking your foot off the gas for? And, and then trying to, you know, using this as a glorified practice section. I, I ain't paid for that, mate. Come on, son. Give me some violence. <laughs> that's, what I'm at. that's what I'm here for. No, you're right. That's exactly <laughs> what I was there for as well. Another guy on the card that maybe... I'm not going to say went under the radar, but Dimitri Bivol versus Craig Richards, a world yeah. title fight. Dimitri Bivol, I think, probably the second best light heavyweight in the world behind Baturbiev. Mm. Um, massive step up for Craig Richards. He done all right, didn't he? He done all right. V- Listen, Craig Richards, uh, he put in a wonderful performance at the back end of last year to become the British champion against the Shaq and Pitters. And obviously, this op- an opportunity like this comes along to fight for the world title, you take it. And you've got you've to give him a massive round of applause for, for stepping up. I personally think that Bivol's fighting in the wrong weight category. I, I really Far do. Far too small. 
small, isn't it? He I, should be at one six eight. I agree. I completely agree, mate. I was looking at these two lads next to each other. And I'm thinking <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think it was the size then that allowed Craig Richards to implement the things that he does very well. He's got a great jab. He, he moves. He moves well. And every now and again, he, he let his hands go. I think he lost the fight handily. I really yeah. do. I think Bivol's footwork and his poise and the way that his shot selection is sensational. But he should be. And again, no disrespect to Craig Richards. Dimitri Bivol should be taking out Craig Richards. Mm. Um, but Baturbi have taken him out. I think Callum Johnson would have taken him out. Yeah. Um, maybe even a Bawatsi would have taken him out. Yeah, mm. I, I think I don't think Bivol's in the right weight category. I think a step down to one six eight, and then all of a sudden you've got a sensational player there. And who knows? Yeah, the and then as well, you've got some yeah. really good fights as well. Yeah, absolutely. For him. Yeah, absolutely. so it makes sense. I think I he's think, undersized. Yeah, completely. I, I think the fight of the night um, was the female fight. It really was. I think no Katie doubt. Taylor versus Natasha Jonas. I thought Natasha Jonas looked a bit like deer in the headlight for the first two rounds yeah. and then yeah, third man. round she started coming clean landing her shots and then we had a fight we had yes. a fantastic fight and that should have been 12 rounds I'm hating this 10 round stuff I don't mind the two minutes because you get all action in two minutes but that yeah. should have gone 12 yeah li li listen I'm I'm all for three minutes I really am mm. when it comes to the elite level female fighters that we've got we're talking about a double Olympic gold medalist in Katie Taylor and a girl that went to uh, the Olympics representing Great Britain in 2012 in Natasha Jonas the 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 I find it a, a touch patronising that yeah. where, where the, the girls are being forced to only fight for 20 minutes. They put on a phenomenal show. Great fight. Um, and I think for the sports to grow, for female boxing, and, and I know that people will be listening to this going, why are you referring to it as female boxing? It's boxing in general. Well, it's not, is it, at no, the moment? female boxing. Because we are, we, are, we are not, they're not on parity, and they should be on parity, you know what I mean? That if we, we, the, for me, they should have three-minute rounds, and, for, and, and with that, what happens is that, again, this might sound a little bit crass for people listening to this, you will get more stoppages. You will get more knockouts. Yeah, yeah. When you get that, then what happens is those moments go around the world via social media. People then become superstars off the back of those one-minute clips, you know, the, the viral mm -hmm. knockouts. And then the girls get paid more money. And that's what we want at the end of the day. You look at you look at the pay packets for the people at the weekend. Katie Taylor, undisputed champion, ain't getting paid as much as Joseph Parker and, uh, and Derek Chisora. Crazy, isn't it? And that's wrong, man. Yeah. That's wrong. Um, great fight, though, mate. Great yeah. fight. I mean, Natasha turned it round from round five onwards. It she got she really got into it. I, I, I agree with who won. Katie Taylor won the fight, but blooming mm. out, the back end of that fight was sensational. Honestly, absolutely fantastic. If they rerun it again, I don't think they will. But if they want to, then I'm all in. Mate, that, do it every week. Do, 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 it, do it every week. I'm in. Week. No, no problem about that. <laughs> That was a great fight. I thought the main event was awful. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I honestly genuinely mean that. I, I thought it was boring. Mm. Um, I want to see more from Joseph Parker. He lets me, I, I scream at my TV at him just because yeah. I know there's something there. When, when I see him a bit more aggressive, when he lets his hands go, I'm excited. And then he just stops and backs off. I don't know if I have to give credit to Chisora because of that or I have to kind of look back and think, okay, come on, Parker. You need to do a bit more here. Yeah, I, can't, I can't agree more, mate. You know, the... Um... I think Joseph Parker benefited very much from um, the demise of Tyson Fury back in 2015, 2016, when then belts went all around the world and obviously he got to fight Andy Ruiz. Mm. Uh, he became a world champion off the back of that. He fell short when he's come up against the likes of Anthony Joshua and various others like Dillian White over the years. And he, do, he does... Listen, he's. A, I find it hard to talk like this about him because he's such, such a, top a nice guy. guy. Oh, Mate, yeah. He's such a top guy. <laughs> he's so popular. You, I, I, I want to watch him, and I want, yeah, yeah. I want him to do well, but I just don't think he's at the elite level. And this is the same for Derek. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think that the the fight at the weekend constituted a main event pay per view. The fight underneath it, the Taylor Jonas fight, that's mm. your main event, and I'd have paid money for that, no question about it. Um, I just think that. Uh, that fight just falls short from what I would class as elite level fighting. Do, do you think that we need to almost give him time with Andy Lee in this new setup just because obviously look Andy yeah, Lee yeah, it's going to take three that's or four fair. different fight cams isn't it just for him to, for us to see exactly what Andy Lee can install in him. I don't think I've got the patience if I'm honest with you for Parker fighting like that for three, more fight, three or four more fight cams but it's going to take that isn't it? Listen, mate, I was ringside for him and Huey Fury. So, oh, uh, God, did you get a refund? <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily I didn't pay. I was working. But, you know, if I, if I would have paid, I would have asked for a refund. Yeah, listen, it, it, you're right in what you're saying. He's just teamed up with Andy Lee. Um, let's hope that uh, the skills of Andy Lee and the things that uh, he's worked on with Tyson Fury over the years maybe can rub off on Joseph Parkin and we get something. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next, isn't it, really, in this division? Because... Obviously, we're all waiting for AJ and Fury to be announced. Mm -hmm. And if that is announced, then that'll have a knock-on effect of Usyk Joyce. But if the, if the big one doesn't get made, 
then anything can happen. Anything can happen, mate. Yeah, I mean, AJ mm. could fight Usyk. Joyce is left without a dance partner. Does that bring in Joseph Parker? There's loads of different narratives, but listen, let's hope we don't get there. Let's hope we just get the big one that everybody wants. Exactly. The voice there of Adam Catch. Remember, you are listening to Final Extra here on Talksport Two in partnership with the Zone. Remember, stream Canelo versus Saunders this weekend on the DAZN app or website. DAZN, stay up, wake up, catch up. Next up, IBF flyweight champion Sonny Edwards. He's being cheered home by his cornerman. They think that he's done it. Edwards thinks that he's done it. Celebrating maybe just a little bit too soon, but the final bell is coming. And Edwards is now celebrating. He thinks that he is the world champion, cheered aloft by his trainer, Grant Smith. And what a performance that was. All in favor of your winner by unanimous decision. And new IBF flyweight champion of the world, Showtime, Sonny Edwards. It's Final Extra here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo and Adam Catch. Remember, if you've missed any of today's show, you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes. All right, really looking forward to speaking to this man, the new IBF flyweight champion of the world. What a performance he put on Friday. York Call, Bethanel Green, the home of British boxing, beating a man that hadn't been beaten for 13 years. 13 years. You wouldn't know it because Sonny Edwards looked absolutely fantastic. He joins us now. Sonny, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate you giving us some time. Um, how's your feet doing though, Sonny? Uh, my left foot has got <laughs> big blisters. My Big blisters, probably because I was south for a lot and, and I was putting a lot of weight into my back foot. But um, my right foot's fine. But yeah, they're, they're all right. If, if, if that's the worst that had come out of the ring, I suppose that's that's as good as anything, really, isn't it? And it was, Sonny. Look, honestly, it was a fantastic performance. Um, I, I was watching it. And look, I have to put my hands up, Sonny. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie because I'm speaking to you. I was like, oh, this is this is a tough ask for Sonny. Just because I was out in South Africa for three years and Mutalani is massive over there, right? He's beaten the likes of Casemiro and Tete. He was their last world champion. And they were speaking very confidently like... You know, they expect you to come on strong for the first couple of rounds. But then Matalani's going to, you know, make the, the adjustments and win. So I thought it was such a clinical performance. And the thing for me, just because of your inexperience, I thought the way we, you were able to keep composed for the, the championship rounds almost belies the amount of fights you've had. I th- honestly, I thought it was fantastic and well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, when it comes to the rounds, I've always been able to do the rounds. That's why I jumped straight in with, you know, Farag when I did early on jumped in when I did early on um, relative to my curry but I, I grew up through through the amateurs I used to always do sort of 8, 10, 12 mm. rounds of sparring a night I used to be the kid that that was in the ring and people was jumping in every two rounds that that was always what kind of <laughs> happened with me I mean I had good amateur success and they used to use me for a lot of sparring below and above me so I've always been a, a big and long sparring obviously I operated out of pro gyms that when I was still an amateur you know with um the TKO gym yeah. down in East London that's obviously not there no more um so I was sparring like sort of area level pros and and I remember Ian Napper was Ian Napper he broke my nose Ian Napper with with a, a screw shot that for me was miles out of range and like, <laughs> how cool to this day that he found me at I wouldn't know it and people like Ian Bailey and and mm. Charlie Hoy, I was sparring pros when I was a baby still. And I was always doing well and doing good because I could always do the rounds. Mm. You know what I mean? It's I've always been sort of building up to 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 sort of this moment and getting to this level. And now the hard work really begins. The the fun really begins now. Do you know what I mean? It's everything before this was just to get up to this level and now stay here and have the biggest fights and be recognized as one of the best in the division. And I think I've got a lot of years left in me. I've not got too much mileage on the clock. More mileage on my feet than I'm, the rest of my body. Um, it, I'm, I'm here now and I just want all the big fights. I want the best fights, win, lose or draw. You know, I, I'm, I'm not in the game of sort of picking and, and choosing and ducking and diving. I, I just want the biggest names. And now I'm getting mentioned as, you know, I've seen a couple of people's Britain's top 10 pound for pound list getting knocked well done, and brother, Well done, brother, well done. Seeing me ranked in there, that's... That, that's you know, I've always believed that I, I could stand out and that maybe I should stand out. But until you actually do it on on the right occasion, on, on 
at the right level, then you're just all smoke and mirrors. So I'm glad that I finally validated all the the nonsense that I've been talking for the last four and a half years as a pro. Does does it taste even sweeter with the manner that you you did it, Sonny? Because we 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 live in a world now where there's there seems to be far too many belts in the in the world of boxing, and some people get handed opportunities and more so than others. And then you can win a world title maybe with by knocking somebody out, but by boxing the ears off a guy that many would class as the best flyweight on the planet, a guy as Addy said two minutes ago hasn't been beaten for thirteen years. Does it make it? Does it taste even sweeter doing it in that manner? when you have your hand raised and are crowned a new world champion? Um, definitely, but more so that the way I did it is the way I said I was going to do it. I mean, I made no no qualms about sort of putting my my prediction in early. That's how I've seen the fight going. I mean, I study the sport. I feel like I'm realistic with my own ability and, and, and where I'm at. So I knew I was definitely capable of it. I knew. I, I knew that in me. And I think knowing yourself is the most important part because when I watch it back and there was probably times when there was a lot of people probably sat around that I was watching and thinking okay no that's it now Moriti's going to get to him now he, mm. he's too big he's too strong he's too powerful do you know what I mean and 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 in the ring when it was getting hard because I believed in myself that much in the level that I operate at there wasn't any sort of panic there wasn't any sort of quit there weren't any sort of feel sorry for myself this is getting hard and that doesn't really come into my mentality. So every round, it was just getting up on that stall and, and, and doing what I needed to do and, and what Grant was telling me. And I think I stuck to his orders very well. Um, couldn't always do exactly what he wanted me to, but obviously I'm a I'm a, an intelligent, I'm a thinking fighter myself. So there is elements of stuff that I was doing that, you know, I was putting in there as well. But that's why me and Grant work so well as a team because we both understand that about each other. I mean, the things that he'd been telling me for the last... 13 weeks and more since I got this fight I'd not always 100% listening he knows that like he could be telling me stuff in between rounds of sparring or bags and and I'm not fully listening I'm not fully absorbing it but you know over the weeks and the months everything he said in the build-up to that fight he was then saying again in the fight so he got his tactics and he got his homework spot on do you know what I mean I'm in the safest hands possible with Grant yeah. and and I'm glad that that I've been able to be a second world champion um, only what two years after he got Charlie over the line as a, as world champion, it's you know it's, it's 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 a great thing to sort of give back to someone that's honestly I've been with him nearly eight years now. He's put so much manpower, time, energy, and effort into me. It's just good to have those nights and those memories with with you know people that really love you. Yeah, um, look, you're right. Fantastic, fantastic achievement. You and your brother both winning world titles. Um, flyweight, uh, what was that like? Obviously, making that extra weight, having to cut those extra few pounds. Did you feel strong in there? Did you feel a little lighter? And then when you look at the division as a whole, I mean, look, there are sharks everywhere in this division. I've always said this. I mean, the, the smaller weights are dominated by the Mexicans. You've got, obviously, Martinez. You've got Nakatani as well in there. Are those fights that you look forward to? Or is it a case of just, you know, just taking your time? You are young. You are young and in the division as well. And just make sure the matchmaking's correct. Or are you ready to all guns blazing in 2022? All guns blazing. I mean, I've, I've been <laughs> he saying wants all that. The smoke. Yeah, because but you only gain what I've gained now, like the sort of exposure, the credit, by beating the real people. Do you know what I mean? Their, their body of work's got to stand for itself and, and their form, et cetera, has got to stand for itself. And then that's how you get these fights that people are excited by. Now, just winning that fight, no matter how I did it, would have been enough, you know, as long as I did it uh, honestly. Do you know what I mean? So it's, they're the fights that you live for. I don't I don't really want to take step downs or start picking and choosing easy fights. Obviously, these fights have their own careers, their own belts, and they've got their own plans. And, and whether or not I can get them over, that that is to, to be seen or whether I have to go there. I'll go anywhere to fight. Any four corners of this world, I'll go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's... Stuff like that doesn't bother me. I just want to be an honest fighter with an honest career and come out of it as as good as I deserve. And, you know, 16-0 and world champion. Like I said, I've not even been a pro five years yet and I've covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time and mm. doing it at flyweight as well when it's hard to sort of build momentum harder than other weights. I mean, stuff certain other weights, they your, 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 your profile is got sold but for example just by being a heavyweight do you know yeah, what I mean show a bit of promise that's it your mm. profile's through the roof with me and, and the flyweights there's there's a lot of very very good fighters that no one's heard of so we've got to do extra and put ourselves that little bit more and and 
you know, just to for people to start taking notice. And I think I've got to the stage now with that world title win and the manner of which I did it against the, the, the level of opponent that I did it, that I'm probably finally now getting the credit that I deserve, if I'm honest. All, all my other fights, do you know what I mean? It's not... A lot of them were just, oh, well, Sonny was supposed to win that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, this one now, I went in as the bookies underdog. A lot of people picking against me, like, like you said, they thought... They're going to get to him late on and, and they fought that heavily. And But I've got a lot of heart, a lot of determination, will, grit. And, 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 I, and I, I live for this. It's all I've ever done since the age of nine. I've never done anything else. I've never checked in for work or, or you know, boxing is all I've ever done. You're doing it well, Sonny. Honestly, for you to become IBF uh, flyweight champion, again, it's a fight I thought was going to be very difficult. You, you made it look easy. Uh, you speak well. You, you sell the fights well. You, you, you're crazy on social media. I love it. I love every single thing. So keep on doing good things. Honestly, can't wait to see who you're going to fight next. Sonny Edwards there, uh, flyweight world champion. IBF flyweight world champion. Fantastic. Um, quickly, let's get another word in with Adam Catchell. Adam, a couple of other big fights on the card as well. Uh, Michael Conlon for... Um, Baluta. I find that I was really interested in though, Troy Williamson versus Kieran Smith, just because they're in the who needs them club, right? No one no one talks about them. No one wants to fight yeah. them. They had to fight each other. And in the end, it's Troy Williamson that goes on and potentially could fight for a, um, a British title now. Best thing about that fight is that there wasn't any of these nonsense trinkets on the line. Nobody yeah. <laughs> forced them. Nobody mandated it. These lads, like you've just said, nobody wants to have a knock with him. So they thought, well, let's have a do it at each other. Yeah. Two undefeated lads going in there and it was Troy Williamson that got the job done. But... He had to turn the fight around. He was getting beat. He was, he was. getting beat in the fight. He was getting outboxed. And uh, his power just came through for him in, uh, well, it was obviously early on in the fight. But his power came through and turned, and turned the tides of the fight. So congratulations to him. And the best thing about this is that, you know, Smith doesn't go anywhere. He comes again. And, yeah. and we need to encourage this more and more in the world of boxing. Rather than people avoiding each other and padding records out and going down on these different avenues get them in the ring with each other and let's have a proper go, you know what I mean? And give some people some entertainment. And that's what these two gentlemen most certainly did uh, on uh, on Friday night. That's exactly what they did there, the voice of Adam Catchwell, the cat man. Remember, you are listening to Find an Extra here on TalkSport 2 in partnership with DAZN. Remember, you can stream Canelo versus Saunders this weekend only on DAZN. Stay up, wake up, catch up. Up next, very special guest, it's the magic man, Paulie Malinaji. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I 
think that will be it. That was right on the nose. Eyes watering. Somehow he gets the bravery to get back up again, but the referee this time says no, and I think that's the right decision. Yeah, I was a wee bit surprised that the corner allowed him to come out for that fourth round, but brave guy, took his licks, great shot down the middle, right on the nose from Billy Joe Saunders, and he gets the win that he needed. Maybe he's trying to get Canelo to wear himself out. Down he goes. Fielding looks back at his corner. Jamie Moore Five, says keep going. Seven. He's back up. He's smiling. He's aware of what's happening. You don't smile when you hit like that. Yeah, there's not much he can do. That was a headshot. Down he goes to the body, and that should do it. It's over. That is it. It's over. Ricky Gonzalez makes the right call. It is final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, if you've missed any of today's show, you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for The Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for all access to previous episodes. All right, massive fight on the weekend. It really is. Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, to decide, I'm going to say who the number one is at 168 pounds, but Caleb Plant won't be happy with that statement because he's out there with his own belt as well. The IBF shot Benavides is out there as well. Let's not forget him, WBC, former WBC uh, super middleweight champion. Let's welcome in this man, though. I, there's no one in boxing I want to talk to about this fight than the next guy. Former two-time, sorry, two-weight world champion, Paulie the Magic Man Malinaji. I think one of the best voices, if not the best voice, when it comes to breaking down anything boxing. Paulie, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Honestly, um, I haven't seen you do stuff for a long time, Paulie, and I miss you in the industry, but it's really good for you to come on and speak to us now about what is a huge fight. And I guess without AJ versus Fury being announced, this is the biggest fight this year, Paulie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thank you for having me on. It's exciting to talk about such a big fight. And uh, it really is, uh, uh, I agree. I have to agree with you, uh, besides AJ and Fury. This is probably the biggest fight being talked about in boxing. And being that it's this week, mm. it is right now primed and ready to be discussed in all angles. <laughs> all, the water, all the water coolers at work, all the, all the conversation, <laughs> the fans at, at the pubs and everything. It's, it's all about Canelo and Billy Joe this week. It is. And it's, it's weird how it's worked out where fans are now allowed back, right? We've seen fights behind closed doors. And thank God this isn't one of them, right? They're talking about 70,000. 70,000 in the yeah. Dallas Cowboy Stadium. Um, it's going to be 70,000 yeah. Mexicans. I mean, the Brits can't fly out, so they're not going to take over this time. It's going to be 70,000. It's a shame. It, it is really a shame, is. right? I mean, you've been around yeah, this, so you know what it's like. Yeah. Yes, because the Brits make it fun. Obviously, the, the Latinos in the United States also have a very high-intensity fan base, and they make it fun. But the Brits as well are, are, are a high-octane type of uh, fan base, and they also uh, you know, come in droves and, and come cheering for their guys. It really would have made it for a lot of fun. That's the only shame, but but um, I am happy to have been able to to, to be able to see this fight in, in, in front of fans and to mm. be able to hear the atmosphere and for the fighters to be able to experience that because I think a fight of this magnitude, it deserves all the fanfare uh, that comes along with it and the fighters deserve to have that adrenaline rush of the of the fanfare to be involved with it, you know. Mm. Uh, fortunately, uh, in the U.S., the Florida and Texas have been a bit more lenient with these kind of things and now things are starting to open up. So hopefully uh, we'll see more and more fights with uh, that will include a fan base. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, I, I mentioned at the top there, there are a couple of other guys at 168 that I think can give, give you know, give Canelo Gunga fights. I think Benavidez is big and strong. He can. I think Caleb Plant looks like he could possibly give him some rounds as well. But from a UK standpoint, a lot of people have been calling for the Billy Joe Saunders fight now for about a year, year and a half. Everyone's like, okay, Callum Smith is good. But in terms of stylistically, a matchup that maybe favours a Brit is Billy Joe Saunders. I mean, you've watched Billy Joe Saunders fight before. I mean, I've always said that I think Canelo's fought every style, right? They talk about a slick box. I'm like, wait, wait, he fought Lara. He fought Floyd. You talk about a puncher. He's fought Golovkin. You talk about a counterpunch. He's fought all the styles. What do you see in Billy Joe yeah. Saunders that maybe Canelo hasn't seen before? Um, you know what? He's 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 a little bit of a mix here. You know, he's mm. he's got that crafty southpaw stance, right? He's got that crafty southpaw uh, style, but at the same time, he's uh, he's also uh, he's also a guy who who can give you different angles. Mm. Um, he's a guy who can um, who can sit there and, and tough it out with you as well. He has that he has that ingrained in him that where he's he's got that machismo in him as well, which I don't know if it'll work out to be to his particular advantage if he tries to be too macho but at the same time he's not just going to be looking to touch and go like Lara was you know and personally I think Lara could have got that decision against Canelo yeah yeah but it wasn't a it, it was not a fan-friendly style 
to where at the end of the day, you want to, you'd rather that guy win the fight and that guy carry the torch for boxing. Right. And mm-hmm. as much as I believe that by the point system, Lara may have been able to get that decision. Saunders makes it a little, a bit more fun. He's not just a touch and go kind of guy. He actually wants it, wants to have the machismo approach to it and, uh, um, really be, uh, be, a uh, be a guy who wants out slick you, but also show you that he's more man than you, and 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 is is the better is the better man in there and inside the ring, and the better boxer overall, and the tougher guy inside the ring. Mm-hmm. So I think Saunders, while he will bring skill into it, will also make it a bit more fun of a fight, you know, yeah. and can still can still befuddle Canelo at times, but of course will also put himself more at risk than Lara was willing to. I don't think Lara was ever willing to put himself more at risk. And who knows? Maybe Lara would say, you know what? I didn't need to put myself that much at risk. I was able to outpoint them. Yeah, and you exactly. know what? He may have a, he may have a point. Mm-hmm. But at day's end, I think there's there's something in, 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 in Saunders' personality that tells me he doesn't just want to outbox Canelo. He wants to beat up Canelo. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and he has this in him. You know, yeah. I remember the spite he had in the David Lemieux fight. He doesn't care about the fan, all the fans being against him. Um, he really, really impressed me in the Lemieux-Lemieux fight. Listen, I would always tell you Saunders is a better fighter than David Lemieux, but Lemieux was still a dangerous puncher. He was still a guy who can make things very, very hairy for you in there. And he just took him on and smoothly executed everything in front of his fan base. Mm. So I, I, I that experience, although Canelo is of different levels than Lemieux, nonetheless shows me that Saunders has the ice in his veins to take the right approach in this fight and make it the kind of fight that he wants to and, and fight the kind of fight that he ideally wants to fight. And then we'll see if that works. Yeah, there's been a couple of issues in the lead up to this fight, as there always is with big fights. There's, there's been talk about the gloves, there's been talk about the ring size, there's been talking about the fact there is no British judge. Look, I mean, look, Canelo's never going to lose a points decision in America. I mean, that, that's not going to happen, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't think Canelo will lose a points decision anywhere. almost anywhere. Yeah, you know? anywhere money, in the world. The money... The money, the money is uh, followed. You know, this is one of the issues with boxing. It's the it's 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 a business before it's a sport. And people can say, well, many times it's like that. Yes, but in boxing, it's a business to the point where it doesn't even matter if you win anymore. If the mm-hmm. business guy has to get the decision, then the business guy will get the decision. You know, that's so, just how it is, isn't so, it? Now? Yeah, and and that's the unfortunate thing, really, uh, because Canelo is world class. He's a he's a top level world class fighter. So just to beat him is a feat in and of itself when you're beating that guy, that kind of good fighter. But then to also have to get a decision, you're, you you got two big hurdles in front of you. You got to not only beat this guy who's very good, who's excellent, you've also then got to hope to get the decision as well. So beating Canelo is a, is a, is, is, is dealing with a very uh, sharp two-edged sword. Mm, no, you're right. I mean, look at the first Gennady Golovkin fight, right? It was a draw. It was a fight that I, I scored. I've watched it so many times and I still score it 7-5 or 8-4 to Golovkin. And, and yeah, I'm thinking if Golovkin can't do it, then wow. Yeah, when he, and, and here's the thing about this, right? And they, people always say, well, boxing has to take a, uh, a cue from the from the MMA world where they, you know, losses don't matter and, and such and such doesn't matter and fighters fight the best and all this stuff. And I agree to that degree. I agree. But here's the problem, right? If Canelo had not gotten those decisions, right? Because you can really, really, you can make a case that he lost the Lara fight and you can make a case that he lost both Golovkin fights because just because he came forward in the second fight doesn't mean he didn't get outboxed because I, I didn't think he won the second fight either. So you can make a case that the guy has three losses, right? Would this fight be as special? No. Would this fight be as special if Canelo has three losses on his record against Billy Joe Saunders? It should be. Mm. It's two excellent fighters. It's mm. two amazing fighters. And honestly, I think Canelo has something for Billy Joe, just like Billy Joe has something for Canelo. It would be an excellent fight nonetheless. But would people perceive it the same way if Canelo had three losses on his record? They probably wouldn't. And that's the problem with boxing. See, everybody complains about, oh, the, uh, the fight, fighters don't fight each other. The fighters don't fight each other. But would you have the same perception of this fight if Canelo had three losses on his record? That's the problem, too. The, the fans have to adjust, and so does the media. The media has to also adjust when it comes to the way they view boxing and the way they view their boxers if you want these fights, these kind of fights to happen when they're supposed to happen. Now, we've got an amazing fight with Canelo and Billy Joe, but I think we can have more of these amazing fights if the perception of the fans and media was to be adjusted the way it is in MMA. Mm, indeed. Uh, I think this Canelo now is almost coming into his peak, Paul. Yeah, I, I look at him and I remember there was a time when I thought gas tank looks like it's running empty. I remember the Angulo fight, I was like he's hanging on and I, I, I just thought like his footwork was was kind of off sometimes. Now I watch him, I, I don't see anything wrong. I mean, look, I mean, well, I, I mean I'm mean, i sure you well, can listen. probably see it from a boxing standpoint, but I don't what? see any problems with Canelo right now. 
Well, let's see. I mean, his footwork ha- has, hasn't really been put to the test in, in recent times, right? I mean, he fought Golovkin the second time he was coming forward. Um, and then um, with Yavni Yildrim, he didn't need anything except his fists because Yildrim was right in front of him, right? So, <laughs> so if, if anything, the footwork is going to be put to the test against a guy with, with crafty feet like Billy Joe Saunders. So if Canelo has improved in the footwork department, we will see it in this fight. Even Callum Smith was not that much of a mover, you no, know? So, yeah. so. So, so Billy Joe is a, is a tricky, crafty guy. So, uh, uh, very versatile fighter. So, so if Canelo has made improvements in, in the footwork department, this is the fight where we'd we we would ideally see it because this is the best movers boxer that he's fought since probably, if I'm remembering right, it's probably since Lara. You know, so, yeah. so, so, um, so, so, you know. This is this will put it to the test if, if the improvements have 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 come along. Also, if he's if he's able to dictate the pace and dictate the uh, and control the the center ring at center ring, because I remember even in the Miguel Cotto fight, even against a smaller guy, Cotto's jam was bothering Canelo enough for Big Cotto time. to have moments in the fight. You know, so 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 you've got now a guy in Saunders who has these weapons and you he has these crafty weapons. So we're gonna see if if the improvements have actually come from Canelo. Or if he's still the same Canelo, which is still an excellent fighter, it's not like you know. When I say the same Canelo, I'm not telling you that it's a, it's a, it's a diminished fighter. It's still an excellent fighter. But if if we're going to talk about the new and improved Canelo, we're going to discuss it against this kind of opponent because the Avni Ildrim fight doesn't really count to me. How do uh, Americans view British boxers? And the reason I ask that question, Paulie, is because we have seen a couple of high-profile sort of Brits lose uh, and lose badly in America, right? I mean. Obviously, Callum Smith lost nearly every single round and he was recognised as the ring number one at 168 pounds. I never thought he was, but that's what the ring said, right? I mean, we saw AJ a couple of years back against Ruiz to send Liam Williams get beat by Demetrius Andrade. How do they view British boxing right now in America? Um, I still think British boxing, I mean, from a personal perspective, I still think British boxing is, is of a high level. You know, fighters come and go. You know, the generations change, but I think I still think the, the, the UK is still a well-oiled machine in terms of producing top-level fighters. Mm. And, I, you know, there's always that rivalry. I mean, you know, you had that uh, for a while. That for a time, you had the, the Wilder and Joshua rivalry. Yeah. And the Americans were, were, were all for Wilder and the Brits were all for Joshua and all this other stuff. And then Fury kind of came in and dissipated that. But, but really, I mean, there is going to always be a, a bit of fanfare for your side, your own mm, side. So, so I think yeah. the fans are always, uh, always hedging more towards the North American side, the uh, American slash Mexican side. But nonetheless, there is a, you know, from what I notice, there's a, there's a big respect for British boxing. And, and the fans that I talk to also constantly talk about the, the aura, the mystique of, of a British fight crowd, you know, which it's crazy, obviously now it's crazy. Cold, I don't think they really, cold, honestly, it's crazy. Yeah, and I trust me, you're talking to the right guy because I've been in front of them a million times. Yeah. So, so you know, the, I don't think they all uh, they all understand the mystique about it. They, I, I speak to many fans that tell me I've got to go watch a live fight in Britain in my lifetime. I've got to go watch a live fight in Britain in my lifetime. You know. So, so I've uh, I remember I had a, a good friend of mine who I was talking to, and and he's uh he's he's actually an ex boxer himself, uh, a little bit lower level, and he was basically saying that you know. All he hears about is this amazing fight crowds in Britain, and if they make uh, if they make Fury and AJ, he's got to go to Britain. And now it looks <laughs> like it will probably wind up in the Middle East. So I told him, I said, I don't know if he's even going to get to go to Britain for that fight, you know. Mm. So, but so the the mystique, the aura is definitely talked about. But of course, fans always going to hedge more towards their side. But none, there's still a a curiosity about that that fight crowd mystique. And the reason the fight crowd mystique is there is because Britain turns out and produces terrific fighters. Mm, indeed, Paulie, I've got a couple more points before I let you go. And look, thank you so much for your time here. Firstly, how do you think no this? Problem. How do you think this um, fight plays out, Paulie? Um, you know, it's funny because I, I, I think Saunders has enough to really befuddle Canelo and make him think. But at the same time, um, I sometimes think Saunders's machismo puts him in harm's way a little bit more. I probably prefer the style of Saunders. I like boxers like that. I like fighters like that. I like the mentality of him. But if I had to pick just from a professional perspective, I'd probably hedge towards Canelo in a late round knockout because Ooh. Saunders probably is going to put himself more in harm's danger you know, in dangerous way than he should. But if I have to prefer a style, I'd prefer to see winning. I'd probably prefer to watch Saunders win because 
you with someone that is such a controversial type guy, and I love those kind of guys, you know, where they kind of upset the apple cart and then they're they're just they have that machismo to them. And um, I, I'd really be curious to see what Saunders would do if he won this fight. You know, oh, first of all, obviously you'd get, a, you'd get a rematch, but I'd love to hear him talk. I'd love to just <laughs> see him be the way he is, you know. And so I just think it will be more fun to see Saunders win the fight. Even though probably for the business people in the sport, it's probably a disaster if Saunders wins the fight. But um, I I hedged Canelo um, probably uh, as far as picking the favorite to win the fight. But um, I probably, if I have to say I'm being biased to who I prefer to see win, I'd probably prefer Billy Joe to win the fight. Paulie, I'm telling you now, yeah, if he wins the fight in our eyes, but the judge gives it to Canelo, he's going to do exactly what you did against Juan Diaz. He's gonna yeah, get he that should. mic. I'm telling you, he's gonna get that mic, he and he is gonna go off. And that's that's why you remind me of each other so much because I know he's gonna yeah. do that. Yeah, and that's why I I, I enjoy watching him. <laughs> I enjoy his personality too. You know, so mm. it's a it's a, he's a great fighter, and I think he's a, he, his personality is uh, uh, also something that generates curiosity. So so I think I think the result will be more fun if if we get more Billy Joe. Canelo is a respectful guy. He's a terrific fighter, but. You know, you kind of know what you're going to get with Canelo. You never know what you're going to get with Billy Joe. So, so that's what makes it fascinating. So Honestly, that's what yeah, makes it so fascinating. I, I, I'll be watching. I'll be tuned in and um and uh, enjoying this show for I'm sure. I'm sure you will be. Paulie, the Magic Man, Manny Malinaji, thank you. Honestly, really appreciate you coming on and speak to us here on the social and talk sport too. Obviously, as a massive fan of yours, I love watching your fights. Even from that one against Miguel Cotto where you got hurt and I thought, okay, let me see what he's got. You had it. You got up, put up on a great yeah. fight. And ever since then, I've been a huge, huge fan. So honestly, it's a, a big honor speaking to you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that fight changed my life. Thank it, you. It thank changed you. my boxing life as well. Honestly, really appreciate it. You're talking, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. If you've missed any of the show and like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. I've just left it to my team. My management team's in full control of it. And, uh, you know, the people's well aware here that it needs to be resolved before Saturday. They were saying, oh, there's not a, a big enough ring in Texas. Uh, I'm sure America's a very big place. And, you know, these people's got private jets and other bits and bobs. I'm sure they can get a ring sent from somewhere to make the fight happen because at the minute, mate, it's, <laughs> it's just laughable. I'm not even took it serious, if I'm honest, because... It's completely unacceptable. So I've just completely dismissed it and left it into, uh, into my team's hands. The voice there of Billy Joe Saunders, obviously a massive fight from this weekend against Canelo, Saul Alvarez. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo and the great Gareth A. Davis. Now in partnership with The Zone, let's take a look ahead to this weekend's huge unification fight where Billy Joe Saunders will take on Canelo Alvarez. Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2 with The Zone. Stay up, wake up, catch up. Stream Canelo versus Saunders however you want it, only on The Zone. Download the The Zone app or visit DAZN.com. Yeah, massive fight, isn't it? Huge fight this week, and arguably, unless they make AJ Fury the fight of the year, no doubt for me. Let's welcome in Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Huge one, Gareth. Let's kind of break this one down. Let's first talk about what we heard there at the top. Billy Joe Saunders talking about the size of the ring. There's been a lot of talk, isn't there? Not just about ring size, but about the gloves, about no British judge. This is big fight, so this is what happens all the time, isn't it? It is. Um, look, it's mind games going into the fight. Billy Joe Saunders doesn't seem bothered at all, mm. in my view. He's letting his management team and MTK Global handle it. His father has been very strident and forward and up front of house about it. I think the key is Billy Joe Saunders just concentrates on what he's been working on in an 18-week camp abroad. He's been in Las Canarias. You know, I visited him there. Mm. To me, he looks in the best physical, mental, emotional, physiological state I've ever seen him in Eddie and I think he's going there and he intends to get the job done in what is a massive legacy fight for him but like you say these are the mind games that Vladimir Klitschko played against Tyson Fury back in Dusseldorf in 2015 when there was too much foam in the canvas they said <laughs> we ain't having this fight unless you thin out the the canvas which they did in the end thin out the the sponge underneath the canvas so i think they will get their own way i think it'll be a minimum 22 foot ring an 18 foot ring is frankly ridiculous and i think eddie hearn the promoter should be going out to bat 
for uh, Billy Joe Saunders in this as well because we want the best possible contest. This is interesting. You mentioned Eddie Hearn, the promoter there, because I agree with you. And it's one thing that a lot of people on social media have maybe critiqued Eddie for because it does feel like he's on the side of Canelo on this one, which I, I don't think is the case, but that's what it looks like from the outside looking in. Eddie obviously does promote Billy Joe Saunders as well, and Eddie should be batting for these things. He should have batted for a British judge. He should be batting for him when it comes to the ringside, surely. Well, I cannot believe that when they looked through the small print of the contract that they agreed to an 18-foot ring, tiny ring, the smallest possible, don't want him to fight in a phone box against Saul Canelo Alvarez because that's not the kind of fight he's going to have. He's going to try and slip and slide and be like a ghost in there. Mm. He's not going to be there when Canelo comes looking for him. He's got to pop his shots off and move and be elusive and, and make a, not make a fool of Canelo, but make him look slovenly. It's the toughest fight of his career. Um, he hasn't got this kind of character on his resume yet. We know what he did against David Lemieux a couple of years back. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, that famous meme where he looked out into the crowd. Lemieux missed him for the umpteenth time. And that's what he's <laughs> got to do against Canelo. I mean, look, he's technically probably the best boxer in Britain, Billy Joe Saunders. A lot of people yeah. wouldn't argue with that. He's got to almost embarrass him to get the victory in Texas on Saturday night. Yeah, you look at what Canelo's done in his resume so far. And look, I mean, I think Billy Joe Saunders, and I agree with you, by the way, I do think alongside... Josh Taylor, I think he's the best boxer we've got over here technically. I really think he's that good. But you look at Canelo's resume, and he's fought technical boxers before, right? You, you don't get more technical than Floyd Mayweather. You don't get more technical than Lara as well, who was a southpaw, slick southpaw as well. What can Billy Joe Saunders do, you think, that, they, that he hasn't seen yet, Canelo? Because I think he's seen everything. Well, he has seen everything, and that that loss, his sole loss in an almost 60-fight career since he was 15 and a half years old, was to the great Floyd Mayweather, a defensive genius, as we know. And obviously, Saul Canelo Alvarez was just a developing fighter at the time. We've seen him more canny, use more nous defensively and offensively in his latter in the latter part of his career. And and that's what Billy Joe Saunders has got to do: be that slick southpaw that you mentioned, be elusive uses footwork um uses timing and, and be in the moment be present in every round as the fight goes on i also think billy joe saunders may be hit harder and and more often than he's ever been hit in his career we know what canelo does he loves to go to the body um uh, Saunders is going to have to shield that with his right forearm, his right elbow, his right hand. Um, and, and I think, basically, he's just got to produce a technical boxing masterclass. He's got to get ahead in the rounds and he's got to make Canelo miss over and over again. And let's hope he does that. That was a look ahead to the upcoming fight action and the latest news from Arlington Texan in partnership with Dezo. Remember, stay up, wake up, catch up. Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2 with The Zone. Stay up, wake up, catch up. Stream Canelo versus Saunders however you want it, only on The Zone. Download the The Zone app or visit dazn.com. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on TalkSport 2. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.